You're listening to another life-transforming message from C3 Church, Salt Lake City. For more information on our church, go to c3saltlakecity.com. Thanks, Pastor Vince. Hey, come on, let's give Jesus praise this morning. He's worthy. He deserves it all. God, we worship you. We praise you. God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you, God, that your word is powerful. God, it's the word that created the universe. It's the word that spoke our life into being. God, it's the word that became flesh and entered our world, God, and carried our burden, carried our sorrow, took our sin to the cross, took it into hell itself. God arose victorious on the third day. So one more time, come on, let's give praise to the name above all names. Amen. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. Welcome to church, everybody. Actually, you can stand back to your feet. We're going to do something that involves a little bit of interaction. Don't worry, nothing weird. You're not going to like have to grab your partner by the hand and do the heel and toe polka or anything like that. But. I grew up in church, and any time there was like, all right, we're going to do something interactive, I'm like, oh, gosh, what's going to happen? It's not going to be weird. But just, just stay standing. You don't mean you're going to be sitting for another half an hour, maybe three and a half, four hours or so while we unpack. No, just kidding. <laughs> uh, awesome. Didn't the worship team do a great job this morning? So great. Well done. Well done. Incredible job, Kelsey and the team. Rich, MDing. You're a great MD, Rich. Incredible. He's got a mic back there. He's whispering sweet nothings into the rest of the team's ears in, in his beautiful Irish accent. It's a beautiful thing. Lilo. The Kiwi sensation. It's my brother from down under. Cheer, bro. It was Anzac Day on Friday. Anzac. Anzac stands for, it's A-N-Z-A-C. So Australia, New Zealand, Army Corps, where the Aussies and the New Zealanders remember our, the diggers that fought in the trenches in World War I courageously, so we're bros. The Aussies and the New Zealanders are a force to be reckoned with, I'm telling you. It's great to be here in Salt Lake City. Been here for a couple of months now working with the teams here. It's just been an absolute pleasure, an absolute honour, a privilege getting to do life with our Salt Lake City family for a few months here and just seeing everything that God's doing. God's so good, amen? Amen. You feel the presence of God here this morning? Yeah, me too. It's beautiful. We love you, Lord. We love you, God. We love you, God. We love you. We open up our hearts to you. God, do what only you can do this morning. Do what only you can do. You're awesome. You're our Father. Your arms are wide open this morning. God, I thank you that there's nothing we have to do to perform. There's nothing we have to do to impress you. Because when you look at us, you see the perfection of your beloved Son. You see that it is finished, completed work of Christ. And we stand in his righteousness. We stand in his completion because of all you've done. Our feeble, human, frail form can stand up inside the colossal, mighty, victorious stature of Christ. We stand inside your victory, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Lord, we open our hearts to your beautiful word this morning. God, I thank you, Lord, that your heart toward us is only good. 
only good. Only good. The world may have hurt us, but our Father will never hurt us. Even if He has to prune us, He says every tree that bears fruit, my Father will prune. But it's only, it's only just to, to, to cut away the stuff that's going to clutter what God's trying to do in your life and to make space for more fruit to grow. So God, we know you're good. We know your heart toward us is only good. So we, we say, sure, if you've got to do some pruning, then, then bring it on because I trust you. Why wouldn't I trust you? You're so good. We love you, Father, in Jesus' name. Just as we're standing, we're going we're gonna to read the Word together. Why are we going to read the Word together? Because, because the preaching of the Word is not just a one-way situation. You know, you're, you're sitting here in a movie theater, and the seats are incredibly comfortable, maybe a little bit too comfortable, but you're not watching a movie, right? <laughs> yeah, awesome. So we'll stand up while we hear the Word, and we're going to read this together. We're going to read it together. I love this, because the Word of God, while it sits, you know, this is a good-looking book. A leather jacket, got a little tail. But while the words stay in there, they're not doing anything. Do you know what I mean? There's a lot of soap in the world, but there's still a lot of dirty people. Because people, you actually have to take the thing and apply it to your life, don't you? There's some of that, that's like, oh, that's a great, that's what I've been doing wrong. <laughs> it's like game changer right there for some of us. But we're going to take the word and when we speak it, it unlocks power in our life. So let's put that up on the screen. I hope it's big enough for you. There we go. <laughs> it's so funny. You go home with a sore neck after church from just like, <clears throat> you ready to read this? We're going to read it together. Ready? Here we go. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before He made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in His eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into His own family by bringing us to Himself through Jesus Christ. This is what He wanted to do, and it gave Him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace He has poured out on us who belong to His dear Son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that He purchased our freedom with the blood of His own Son and forgave our sins. He has showered us with kindness along with all wisdom and understanding. How good is that? Isn't that incredible? It's the power of the gospel right there. Yeah, awesome. And one more scripture before we sit down. One more scripture. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. You can put it up there. Hey, I guess it's biblical. Welcome to church. I love it. I love our media team. Thanks, guys. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We're going to read the first sentence again. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Awesome. Amen. All right. Give God a hand while you sit down. Awesome. You can take a seat. 
Beautiful. Why don't you put your hands together for the worship team as well? They did another great job there. Thanks, guys. We'll see you in a few minutes. Brilliant. Thank you, God. Well, I mentioned last week, well, not last week, last time I, I had the opportunity to share with you that I grew up in a lovely little place called Campbelltown. Does anyone remember yeah. Campbelltown? We had the memes up there. I don't always fear for my life, but when I do, I'm in Campbelltown. It's probably the roughest part of Sydney. It's got a, a great tourist uh, attraction called Campbelltown Train Station. One of the Sydney's top five places to get stabbed or <laughs> get a pool cue wrapped around your head late at night, Camden, uh, Campbelltown RSL. It's, uh, it's a beautiful place. You don't leave Campbelltown when you grow up. You escape. So it's about an hour, hour or so outside of downtown Sydney. That, that's where I had the incredible ple- uh, pleasure and the adventure of growing up there. It's so funny. Me and my, my, any of my mates that I still keep in contact with that I went to school with in Campbelltown, we still joke about how we escaped Scramble Town. It's a great spot. But uh, as if Campbelltown wasn't far out there enough, my parents decided to move to Picton when I was like 16. And it's, that's about another half hour drive or so past Campbelltown. And so we move out to, to Picton. I was absolutely filthy. You know, I was, a, I was a, a 16 years old at that point and all my friends were, you know, where we lived and I, my life was skateboarding, you know. So there's no skateboarding in Picton. There's cows in Picton. There's sheep. There's little goats, lambs. Every, every morning I'd be woken up by, meh, meh. You know, there's the, all these little goats. Have you ever seen a baby goat jump? It's the funniest thing. It would like climb up everything it could get on, just like, just like, just jump off. It was actually pretty cute. Within about three months of living in Picton, uh, my mom tells me, Andrew, you have to come to church on this Thursday night. Now, I wasn't walking with God at the time, but she said, Thursday night, you're coming to church. And I didn't want to go to church Thursday night because... In Australia, Thursday night is late night shopping night. There's one night of the week when the shops are open up to a time when you can actually go to them. The rest of the time, all the retail stores in Australia are open from about 10 a.m. till about 5.30, maybe 5 o'clock in the afternoon. So if you actually have a job and have some money that you can spend at a retail store, you can't do it because you're at work, unless it's Thursday night. Then you can go to late night shopping down at Campbelltown Mall, which if you're 16 years old living in the Campbelltown area, that's the only thing that you can do during the week. So I didn't want to go to church on Thursday night, but mum told me I didn't have a choice on this particular occasion because a guy called Phil Pringle was preaching at our little church in Picton. Phil Pringle, is the, uh, he's the founding pastor of the C3 movement. And what, one of the things I love about our movement is that you know, he's over, overseeing hundreds and hundreds of churches around the world, going to be a thousand churches soon. And he's preaching at a little church out in Picton in like 1998 on a Thursday night. And so I, you know, I value the roof over my head. And <clears throat> so I go to church Thursday night. And so there's a powerful presence in the room. And the incredible thing about God and the preaching of his word is God. You know, the Bible says that the Word was with God and the Word is God. The revelation of the Word is God himself. And so as Pastor Phil's, you know, expounding and teaching and 
actually didn't say that much because he was just letting God do what God does. And then he gave an opportunity for people to respond to Christ at the end of the message. And I knew that I needed to. So I came forward. When we sing that song, um, that lyric that says, I have wrestled and I have trembled towards surrender. I remember that's me walking down the front. I mean, it means so many other things, but when I sing that lyric, I'm like, that's me responding to Jesus. Every part of all my the human flesh part of me didn't want to move, but I wrestled and trembled my way towards surrender that night. And it was incredible. And so that was a Thursday night and I invited Christ into my heart and I felt, I felt just the weight of guilt just lift off my life and just tears ran down my cheeks and presence of God stepped into my life and uh, I was like man this feeling of God I I don't want it to leave I'm going to try and just be as good as I can to to not scare God away try not to swear try to keep my thoughts in some semblance of an order where I could you know tell people what I'm thinking about you know God knows what I'm thinking you know your thoughts are as loud as your prayers with God so I just want to I'm like I just don't want to scare this presence away (laughs) and so I try to be good the next the next night so it's Friday night I go to this party you know I I, we partied pretty hard in Campbelltown and I just had a standing appointment on a Friday night typically (laughs) that there was some kind of high school party and so I go there and you know typical Friday night for me was was I drink four VB long necks which is about eight beers at 16 so I go to this party, and, but I couldn't, for whatever reason, I could not finish my first long neck. Uh, you know, it's like a long neck is like, you know, 750 mils, like, like a little, and, and I, I'm like, ah, just not feeling it. It's not like I tried to not be feeling it. I just, it just uh, for some reason, I couldn't, I was just like, ah, just, ah, I'm not really feeling it. There was some new girl at our school that people are trying to hook me up with. They're like, Andy, yeah, yeah, you know, she's keen. She's, and I, I'm just like, yeah. And people couldn't, they're like, what is, what is going on with you? And I, I'm just like, oh, no, no, I'm good. I tell her I'm not really interested. And I just hung out and I, I, I didn't really, for some reason, there's a, there was a power on the inside of me that had begun working that I, it, it wasn't even my doing. It's just that something had changed. And I'm just like, I'm, and I'm, I, I didn't tell anybody, but I'm like, this is crazy. Uh, this is there's some there's a power working in me now that's that's transforming me from the inside out. The next the next week, you know, we go skateboarding a lot. The next Friday night, we get a train into the city, into downtown Sydney. We're skateboarding, we're doing the just skating around downtown. There's all these great skate spots in Sydney. We get on the train, we go back out to uh, the suburbs in Campbelltown where my friend Wilsey lived. It was me, Wilsey, and Antos. And we, uh, we walk back to Willsey's house. We're sitting on the park bench behind his place. We're about to have a cigarette. And uh, I feel this little nudge from the Holy Spirit just say, tell them what happened at church last Thursday night. And I'm like, oh, no, no way. I cannot do that. Because all my life had been bound by this insecurity and this, this fear of people thinking that I was weird because my family went to church. I never wanted them to know. But I, this thing won't leave me alone. And so it, it's just like growing inside of me. You know when the Holy Spirit's just whispering something to you? And then if you don't do it the first time, it's like his voice raises a little bit. And then if you don't do it the second time, it's like his tone changes. 
<laughs> and then if you still don't do it, he's now, now he's just giving you a look. <laughs> so I'm like, this is not going away. And, and I really have valued this feeling, this atmosphere of God that's been with me. And so I'm like, hey, guys, last Thursday night, mum dragged me to church and this guy preached about how Jesus came and gave his life and gave us a second chance. He took the, the punishment and the penalty for my sin. Everything I've done wrong, he took the penalty for so that I could be right with God and have a clean slate with him and have a fresh start. And now I'm living in this fresh start. And as I shared that story with them, no word of a lie, this presence descended on this park bench. I start vibrating because of just the presence of God. Wilsey and Antos, they say to me, <laughs> like, bro, what is that feeling? Seriously. And, and they're like, dude, I can't smoke. They broke their cigarettes in half and chucked them on the ground. No word of a lie. Just the, the presence and power of God. So for me, I, I just go, I'm, I, I'm like, and they both came to church that Sunday and gave their lives to Christ. And, and I'm sitting there on this park bench just going, this is the most powerful, the most incredible rush, the most powerful, incredible feeling I've ever felt. I'm giving my life to this. I was transformed. My fears and insecurities, broken. It's incredible. The difference between Christianity and every other religion is that Christianity is about transformation. Every other religion is about confirmation, conformation. Christianity is transformation from the inside out rather than conformation from the outside in. We don't, it's not about transformation because of pressure from the outside. It's transformation because of presence from the inside. But, you know, I've found that uh, walking with God, there are some things when you first come to Christ where it's just like, bang, broken off my life. I'm set free. Things just go like cigarette smoking was just gone that night. I never smoked. I never, never, like from then, it was like the addiction was broken. I was never tempted. But other things, it's like I'm fighting every single day to fight through this thing. And that's okay because... Because some things God will just break off your life in an instant. Other things, you have to unsheath your sword, the Word of God, and start going the, to battle with this dragon that's, that's taunted and haunted you your whole life and probably your dad's life as well and probably your mom's life. There's some dragons that have been haunting and going after your family for generations. But the Word of God is our... It's actually our only weapon that we have. You read Ephesians 6, the armor of God. It's all, it's all defense. It's all armor except for the sword. The sword's the only offensive weapon. What's the sword? The sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. So some things you're free from in an instant. Other things, it's a, it's a, it's a long and painful process. You say, well, why is it a long and painful process? Why would God make it like that? Well, here's the thing. It's going to be a long and painful process if you don't fight the dragon. Your rejection, your fear, your insecurity, your addictions, they're going to make your life a long and painful process anyway. And they're going to be robbing you the whole way. Or you can say, sure, it's going to be a long and painful process, but I'm going to take the fight to the dragon. I'm not going to let it rob from me. I'm going to pull the sword out and fight that thing. And I'm going to get victory in Jesus' name. I'm able to actually live a different life 
and I'm, I'm going to leave a different legacy for my kids than what I was left. Um, <clears throat> I heard this story. Thanks, Lilo, my brother. I heard this story about um, someone was walking out the front of someone's house and there were two dogs fighting. It was a black dog and a white dog. They're fighting each other. The owner of the dogs was there. He's like, watch, you know, watch. The guy's walking past the house and he sees these two dogs fighting and they're just going at it. And, and he says to the owner, he's like, wow, the dogs, they're really going at each other. He's like, which, which dog usually wins? And he said, whichever one I feed the most. <laughs> two dogs. You know, you've got, we have two different parts of our minds. Here's the amazing thing. This is the science of this stuff. We have two different parts of our, of, our, of our brains. We have our conscious mind and we have our subconscious mind or our unconscious mind. About 95% of our life, we're operating from our unconscious. We're operating from our subconscious mind. Our subconscious mind is this supercomputer that has uh, received and integrated billions and billions of bits of data over the years and has constructed the software program that, you con that, that controls 95% of your decisions, actions, emotions, and behaviors. 95%. Most of this software is coded and developed by the time we're six years old. Isn't that incredible? That, that subconscious part of our mind is our autopilot mind, and it's the software program that you run on. Most of the programming, about 70% of this program, is typically based on negativity. Fears, insecurities, fears of not being loved, not being respected, fears of you know, losing something fears of being unsafe, insecurities, fears. So 95% of our life, our decisions are coming from that subconscious mind. Our conscious mind is our wishes and desires. Our subconscious mind is our program. It's our, it's our software program. When we fall in love with somebody, our, our brain, that brain activity is completely different. It lights up in all kinds of crazy areas, the scientists have found. So the, the scientist that has done a lot of this research, by the way, is a guy called Dr. Bruce Lipton, former professor of medicine at Stanford University. And that's a whole thing now. You can find it all online. Um, when we fall in love, we go from using around 5% of our, like operating 5% of our life from our conscious mind to 90% is is our conscious mind. Why? Because our conscious mind is wishes and desires, and we're just living in that zone constantly. But then, uh, you know, so, so we're, we're in love. We're, we're taking on the first day. We, you know, we, we're, whatever that honeymoon period looks like, and we get married, we go, you know, we're on the honeymoon period, and then they say, you know, the honeymoon period wears off. Why does the honeymoon period wear off? Well, because inevitably, we've got to go back to work. We've got to re-engage with our chores, our, the regular activities. And we can switch back into autopilot mode, which is when our spouse looks at us and goes, who the heck is this person? This isn't the person that I married. It's not the person I fell in love with. Because we're operating now from like our autopilot mind, which is like we're, we're doing what we saw our dad do in the house. We're, doing, we're reverting back to what we grew up with when we were living in our mum's house and now we're operating out of, our, out of our autopilot again. So what is the solution? Well, scientists have found that we can actually reprogram 
our subconscious autopilot mind. How do you do that? Well, we take the wishes and desires of our conscious mind and we reprogram our subconscious so that the wishes and desires become our program. Isn't that amazing? And we can literally rewire our brain with new neurological pathways by the thoughts that we think, no matter how old we are, science have, has found. So as usual, science is catching up to what the Word of God has been saying for millennia. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 says, it, it says, meditate on the Word on this book of the law. So you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in, written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and you'll have good success. And the scripture we already read, do not be conformed by the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We're always, well, hey, <laughs> we're always being transformed by the renewing of our mind. It, the only thing that is the, the variable is what are we renewing our mind with? What are we actually putting in our mind? Sadly, most people just live off the software that was developed in their life by the time they were six. But we have the opportunity to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. So I remember hearing Pastor Phil say, maybe quite a few years ago, he said, if you don't go after your subconscious, your subconscious will come after you. And so I started to take seriously reprogramming my subconscious autopilot mind. And I got hold of this scripture, Ephesians chapter 1, because it contains so many, if we can get ready to put that scripture back up there, it contains so many of what I call transformation codes. If you think about your subconscious as, a, as a, the software programming, a software program, I got friends who are, who are software developers and they're coders. They just sit there in the dark. I know Ben works at Dell and um, I heard stories I was hanging out with. Uh, Kate and Jeremiah on Friday night and they were telling us about what it's like in Dell. It's just these guys that sit there in the dark. All they're doing is just writing code, code, code. They just write. And, they, you know, they're covered in Cheeto dust. <laughs> they're just coding away. Ben looks after them. <laughs> Make sure they know where the game room is. Make sure they have a beanbag to work on. <laughs> and they have their nap time. It helps you code. I understand. So today I'm going to share with you some transformation codes that we can apply to our life. They only work if you actually put them into the computer because your brain is the computer, your tongue is the keyboard, and you can reprogram your software by the words that you speak. So let's have a look at this. We're going to have a look at these, these transformation codes the first one, so if we open up this scripture, blessed with every spiritual blessing. Check this out. Ephesians 1 verse 3. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Another, most transla No, you can go back to the other one. Yeah, Most translations actually say because we are in Christ. In Christ. United with Christ, same thing. We're in, in Christ. So I started to get hold of this scripture, and, but I found that the problem was that little Campbelltown Andrew Bennett that lives on the inside of me, when it reads that, it says we're, you know, 
blessed us with every spiritual blessing. It goes, it is something so high and mighty and out there that my, 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 my Campbelltown subconscious just goes, yeah, that's not for me. Us, us, who's us? Us is the royal us. It can't apply to me, that's for sure. What I grew up in, blessed with every spiritual blessing. And so I recognized that that was happening. I'm like, this word isn't penetrating. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to change us to me. So all praise to God, the Father of my Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed me with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because I am united with Christ. But I found that my, my subconscious was still trying to dodge it. It was saying me, everybody's a me. You know, it's not you. That's, that's someone else. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to put my name in there. All praise to God, the Father of Andrew's Lord, Jesus Christ, who has blessed Andrew with every spiritual blessing. But still, there's a lot of Andrews. <laughs> Welcome to my brain. I tried Andrew Bennett. I know two other Andrew Bennetts. I worked at Guitar Center with another Andrew Bennett. They'd be like, uh, phone call for Andrew. And be like, There's like five guys in here. Uh, phone call for Andrew Bennett. That's still two people. Phone call for Aussie Andy. That's probably me. But what I, so what I did was I started praying the scripture, putting my full, like three names, my middle name, Andrew Allen Bennett. All praise to God, the Father of my Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed Andrew Allen Bennett with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because Andrew Allen Bennett is united with Christ. And that's when I'm like, I get hold of my subconscious and I'm speaking truth to it until there's nothing that, that it can do to avoid it and it has to receive the Word of God. It receives the truth. Blessed with every spiritual blessing. This is a game changer. See, when you come into Christ, Christ is the doorway. In the, 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 the parable of the good shepherd, he's the gate. He's the gate into the sheep pen. Christ is the door. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. Christ is the door that I have to go through. When I step over this line of faith, I step into Christ. He is the most incredible, beautiful archway, gateway. You walk into, you access every single thing that God is. Everything that God is, everything that God has. His treasury is open to you. His armory is open to you. There's not a spiritual blessing in this book that does not apply to you. Every single one of them. You see, if, some, if one of them says, if you obey God, you get this promise. Well, guess what? You're in Christ because none of us have fully obeyed God. None of all of us sinned and fallen short of the glory of God because what our subconscious does, it reads these promises and it excludes us. It says, I haven't fully obeyed God. I don't deserve this promise. It's true. None of us deserve it. Hence, Jesus on the cross. Now, when I'm in Christ, my obedience has been accomplished by him, and I stand in his obedience. And my act of faith, stepping into Christ, is all the obedience that God needs to declare me righteous. Because the righteous shall live by faith. It's a foundation. Everything that comes from faith, every step of faith that we take is righteousness before God. Anything that's not of faith, the shrinking back. See, this is the beautiful thing about Christianity. It's not about what I eat, what I don't eat. It's not about what I drink, what I don't drink. It's not about whether I've got ink on my arms or whether I've got facial hair or whether I'm pierced or what. Body piercing saved my life. It brought, it brought my, purchased my eternity. It's not about any of those things. It's about whether when I'm confronted with the line of faith, whether I step over it or whether I shrink back from it. The righteous are justified. The righteous have life by faith. We step into Christ. Everything that God is, everything that God has 
is yours. Amen. It's good preaching. So when I left college, end of second year of music school, I distinctly felt the Holy Spirit say, Andy, don't go back for your third year. Go and get a job. So, so I've got, I studied music, so obviously I went for a job in sales. <clears throat> I was pretty daunted, never really done it before. Never, you know, I left school, went to studied music and Christian leadership, went to Bible college and music school. So I'd never sort of gone out there and just gone for like, I need to get a, I need to get a real job. Like full time, earn as much money as I can with a music and Christian leadership degree. <laughs> so I had a light bulb moment. I was kind of, because I was, I was a bit daunted by the task and all I'd ever done was, you know, just done sort of jobs that anybody could do. I worked at a hotel, was a porter at a hotel. And I thought maybe I could just be the, like get, get a job as the head of the, like lead the, the team of porters at the hotel, which they offered me that job. But I thought, no, I want, I want more than that. And the guy, a friend of mine, who's like, Andy, you've got to decide what kind of job you want, what hours you want, what you want to earn, and then go after it. And I'm like, well, that sounds good, but, you know, I don't know if I really feel qualified. I don't know if I sort of feel a bit, I'm new to this whole thing, you know. So I, I had a light bulb moment. Read Deuteronomy 28. Take that word of God and apply it to your subconscious because my subconscious was defeating me. Deuteronomy 28, 28 uh, 8, verse 1 says, If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all his commands. Remember, I've fully obeyed God in Christ because Christ has fully obeyed God. When I step into Christ, I've fully obeyed Christ. I've fully obeyed God. By stepping over that line of faith and believing that God has, that God actually means what he says about me, that's faith. That's what declares me righteous. I'm never going to be perfect, but I'm in Christ who is perfect. And as long as my faith is in him, it unlocks all the spiritual blessings. That's what the Word of God says. So the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations on the earth. All these blessings will come upon you and accompany you if, obey, if you obey the Lord your God. And so I start putting my name in there. You'll be blessed in the city and blessed in the country. But I've, I know me. My subconscious will try and dodge that, try and dodge that life-giving bullet. It'll say, uh, and so I, I, I'd change it to Andrew Allen Bennett will be blessed in the city and blessed in the country. Andrew Allen Bennett will be blessed when he comes in, blessed when he goes out. The Lord will grant Andrew Allen Bennett abundant pros prosperity in the fruit of his womb. That's a little weird. Maybe that's for Irina. That's for Mrs. Bennett. <laughs> the young of my livestock, the crops of my ground, figuratively speaking. I don't have much of a garden. The Lord will open the heavens, the storehouse of his bounty, to send rain on Andrew Allen Bennett's land in its season and to bless all the work of Andrew Allen Bennett's hands. The Lord will make Andrew Allen Bennett the head and not the tail. Andrew Allen Bennett will always be at the top and never at the bottom. See, I'm putting my name in there, but the door is open for you to put your name in there. This means nothing until we put ourselves in these promises. The freedom in God, man, the endless power that's available to us. There's nothing in this book. There's no promise in this book that does not apply to you in Christ. Guess what? I got a great job. I earned what I decided I want to earn. I was the most successful sales. He said, when I called up for the job, he's like, you know, it's, it's, it involves cold calling. I said, what is cold calling? I didn't even know what cold calling was. I was on the phone. Yeah, I might have called you. 
No, just kidding. It was in another country. <laughs> I've got a call centers that come from another country. <laughs> in Christ, we are blessed with every spiritual blessing. That's just the first one. I feel like that's kind of the one that unlocks them all. Because And so in, in Ephesians chapter 1, there's, there's so many of these transformation codes. I just wanted to package up just a couple of them and basically just give you an invitation to step into these transformation codes because you're going to identify it's like that one. That's the one I need because the one I need is I need to know I'm the head and not the tail. I, because of where I grew up, because of my family, I was one of like child number four in a family of six kids. My mum still doesn't know that I'm here in America. I've been here 14 years, completely forgotten, completely <laughs> overlooked, completely abandoned. I had to, <laughs> just kidding. I had to, I had to teach my soul who, who it was. I, have to, I still have to do it. I have to, I have to remind myself who I am in Christ. This next one, uh, number two. You are loved and accepted, chosen and adopted. It's, it's like, there's like four scriptures just rolled into one point because otherwise we'd be here all day. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4 to 6. Check this out. Even before he made the world, God loved. I'm going to just put, I'm going to put the word you, okay? Because I want, but you've got to go home and take this. This is what I do. I'm just telling you what I do. At C3, we don't practice what we preach. We just preach what we practice. I'm just sharing with you, this is the transformation codes that have worked in my life. I've got nothing to say that I, that I haven't actually done in my life. Even before he made the world, God loved you and chose you in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt you into his own family by bringing you to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do. He didn't do it out of obligation. He wanted to do it. It gave him great pleasure. And then this next verse uh, in the New King James, verse 6, says, To the praise of the glory of His grace. That means so that we might see and praise His awesome grace, by which He made us, say this together, accepted. Accepted. He made us accepted in the Beloved. In, that means in Christ. Accepted in Christ. God has accepted you. He's chosen you. The power of rejection is broken over your life. We've all been rejected. Man, I, I went through a divorce like 10 years ago. And, you know, the, the, the most incredible thing, and I, I, this startled me in, in my life. It's, it blew me away. Because, because uh, people were like, you know, sort of helped me. You know, people that love me, they're like, uh, you know, talking to me about suffering from rejection. Thankfully, by God's grace, that's not that never came through my mind. It never, it never came through my mind. I never even actually thought of it in terms of rejection. I'm like, no, my wife, ex-wife, started reading all this crazy stuff and got uh, decided that she didn't want to be a Christian anymore. Walked away from Christ, and then a few months later, decided she didn't want to be married anymore either. And so I didn't take that in terms of rejection. I, I saw that more in terms of deception. And how sad, how tragic. Absolutely. It took me three years to get over that, to process the grief of it. But I never processed it in terms of rejection. Why? Only because I didn't grow up in an atmosphere of rejection. But some of us did. What happened for me, because I had heard and processed and, and thought about this so much, what happened to me in that time was like a burning, shining light. Romans 8.28 just was like a fire in my spirit. So, so much so that it surprised me. Romans 8, 28, 
for God is able to make. God, God makes all things work together to, for good to those who love God and are called according to his purposes. That just blew up like a raging fire on the inside of me. I just knew. I'm like, on the, on the, on the, the top layer of, of my emotions, all of that, it was a raging storm. It was absolute agony, right? Don't get divorced. If you can, anything you can do to stay married, stay married. Because you'll bleed for a lot longer than you think you will. But there's, so there's storms raging on the top level. But this, the ocean bed is untouched. It's the same. Nothing rattled that deposit of the Word of God that was on the inside of me. God makes all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to His purposes. I had heard that so many times. I'd said that. I'd read it so many times that it was part of my program. Thank God. For some of us, it's not part of our program. We've grown up being rejected. And listen, that is okay. You're in the right place. We're in Christ now. And we can start to take the treasures and the riches, the, the unsearchable riches of Christ, as Paul says, and start to feed our soul with that bread of life. And that's how we actually change. We rewrite the program by these transformation codes. He has adopted you into his family. Where is loneliness if I've been adopted into the family of God? Amen. Free from rejection. Here's, here's number three. This is a huge one. He's, it, it, so let's, let's go to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4. And we'll see this. New Living Translation. Here we go. Even before he made the world, or before the foundation of the world, another translation says, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. This is a big one because we all know ourselves. And we know I would not call myself holy. <laughs> oh, maybe sometimes you do when you come into church and you're like, you know, trying to put on your best church self. But then by Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you know who you really are, or, or at least what your actions say that you are. So it's not my actions that make me holy and without fault in his eyes. It's Christ's completed actions that make me holy and without fault in his eyes. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 says, For our sake he made him who knew no sin to become sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God. Romans 8 verse 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. There's none. There isn't any. If you're in Christ, you can search all the universe around. You won't find a skerrick of condemning thought. Anytime the devil comes against you with a, con a condemning thought, you've got to unsheath that sword and say, No, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And here's the beautiful thing. The more that I focus on the truth that he has made me righteous, the more I find that sin doesn't look appealing to me. That, that's the only... See, so you never beat sin by trying to beat sin. You never beat sin by going, oh, let me go over to sin here and give it a good whipping. You know what I mean? Like, you can't do that. We, we could never do that. That's why God had to send Christ. He's like, try as they might. Cain will always slay Abel. The, the, the sinful part of me is going to win. So I need someone who can 
you know, so Cain took Abel out into the wilderness and, and killed him. If left to our own devices, that's what's going to happen. Even the best part of me that wants to offer something of worth to God, my sinful nature is going to overcome. So Jesus had to come, take the devil out into the wilderness and show him who's boss. Tempted, tempted in every way, the Bible says, yet without sin. So what do I do? I stand up inside his victory and say, I am righteous, I'm holy and without fault in his eyes. Amen. So good. So the more I think about how he made me righteous, the more I find sin doesn't look appealing to me anymore. You know, when, when I think about the fact that, that he shed his blood on the cross for me and that he cleansed me from my sin, the more, the more grateful I become. And then, and, and so gratitude is actually one of the greatest ways to overcome temptation because temptation is about covetousness. Temptation is about, oh, I want that. The fact that I want something is by nature saying I don't have something, but gratitude defeats that. So when I, when I, when I zero in and, and make the fact that God has made me righteous because of what Christ done, Christ did, then I'm, I'm grateful. Grateful puts me over, not under. Wanting sin puts me under. It says, I need that. You don't need it. We have everything in Christ. Now, the more I look at the majesty and the greatness of, of Christ, the less that sin looks appealing to me because the more I'm like, I'm righteous. This is incredible. What Christ has done for me, this is absolutely amazing. I don't want to do something that's going to break this fellowship. That's how you beat sin. When the more majestic and the more beautiful and the more wonderful that God is in my eyes, the more detestable sin is. That, that's how you beat it. It's through your relationship with God. Who would have thought? Yeah. <laughs> we actually take ground in Christ. It take ground in life through our relationship with God. That's why we've got to protect our prayer time, our Bible time. I'll tell you, that's the most beautiful time in my, in my day. I get the dog, put him on the leash, go for a walk down Western, West Jordan, uh, the, the bicycle track there by the river. It's just magnificent. I've got the Bible on audio. I've got worship on, beautiful nature. I've got the, 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 how gorgeous mountains beside us. So I've, I've, I've built this sanctuary of, of being with God that, that it lures me into it. I cheat my way into the presence of God. I want to get out there. I, I want to be outside. I've found ways. Because if we, if we just like try and make it this chore that we have to do, you know, you, you, you're going you're gonna to make it really hard for yourself, aren't we? We make it something that's beautiful. Then we actually step into Christ. We have been made holy and without fault in his eyes, in Jesus' name. So good, hey? Thank you, God. He has imputed his righteousness to us. I, I never knew what this word impute meant, but I learned it in Bible college that he gets his righteousness and he imputes it. What does impute mean? Impute mean, it means to represent something as being done or caused or possessed by someone else. So if I did something bad and I impute it to Lilo, I'm trying to get him to look like he's done it. I'm trying to frame him. <laughs> but God imputes the righteousness of Christ to you. He frames you in his righteousness. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It's imputed to you. I'm going to zip through this one really quick. Number four, confident hope. Go to Ephesians 1.18. You have confident hope in Christ. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light. That means flooded with the Word of God, the revelation of the Word of God, so that you can understand. That means so you can know and experience the confident hope He has given to those He called. 
there's a confident hope that God has given to you. You know, too often you meet Christians that they think that, that they're all timid and they're super shy and they're super insecure. And it's like, oh, what's, what's the deal with you? I'm just trying to be humble, you know. You know, that, that you do something really, they do something really good. It's like, wow, you did a great job with that. Oh, all glory to him. It's like, man, it's not that complicated. You can just say thank you. You, you, you know in your heart that it's, that, you know, that God gave you the ability to do it, but you actually did it. Here's the thing. Christians, sometimes we can um, confuse humility with timidity. See, humility and timidity are two very different things. Humility isn't thinking less of yourself. It's just thinking of yourself less. You just forget yourself. Humility is just self-forgetfulness. I read this book, Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl, survivor, survivor of the Holocaust, incredible psychologist. He, uh, he said, it's all about forgetting yourself through giving yourself. Forgetting yourself through giving yourself. You just give yourself completely. To the point where you've forgotten about yourself, it's like, oh, I'm making such a difference. That's humility. And that's the kind of spirit that'll bring the best out of you, to bring boldness, to bring courage, to bring your personality out of you. Because, and I've said this scripture to myself, it must be hundreds, maybe thousands of times. Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear or timidity, depending on which translation you, you read. Because I used to be scared of the dark as a kid. I don't know why, I just was. I remember watching this horror movie when I, was, when I was in like eighth grade and it just messed with my mind so much. It took me like three months to get those images out of my head. But, <clears throat> but I've quoted this scripture so many times that it's part of my subconscious, it's part of my program now. I've entered the code and it's done. I remember I watched that movie, uh, the recent movie, Sandra Bullock, Bird Box. Yeah, not a bad movie. But I was finishing watching it at like 10 o'clock. It was like 10 o'clock at half an hour to go at night. And uh, Irina had to get up and go to work. And I'm like, all right, I'm watching the rest of this by myself where it's getting real scary. <laughs> it's not actually that scary. It's not a horror movie, but it's kind of freaky. And then, you know, it's like going through the last half an hour of this movie and it's like, whoa. It's 10.30. It's just me and Billy, the dog, at home. And then it's, you know, it's 10.30 at night. So I got to take Billy out to go potty and I was a little nervous I go out the front door and I'm like oh shoot but then I just just my subconscious program spat this scripture up to me God has not given you a spirit of fear and timidity but of power love and a sound mind full control of my mind in Christ and I'm like I love the dark I love it it's beautiful honestly I'm like this is awesome just going for a walk it's fantastic. My subconscious mind has been reprogrammed by the Word of God. And it's, it's just, it takes time. But here's the thing. You're going to be here for a while. You either get to live with your dragons and your devils, or you get to actually take the sword to them and bit by bit. It's going to take time either way. You may as well spend the time in victory. I read something by C.S. Lewis, and he said, uh, he said, you don't have to have vanquished all your enemies by the time Christ comes back, but you do have to be in the resistance. We do have to be in faith. The very last thing, and the team can come and join me. And this is, this is a tough one, but it's my favorite one. Simply this, power. In Christ, you have power. 
from verse, uh, we go Ephesians 1, 18. You'll notice this is all in Ephesians 1, all Ephesians 1 and 2. If you go home and pray this over yourself and say, this is me, and take this soap and start cleaning yourself, take these transformation codes and start rewriting the software that you live with, you will be a transformed person. This is Romans 12, Christianity. We are being transformed by the renewing of our mind. We are taking authority over our subconscious. We're not letting it... We're not letting it... um, torpedo our future. We are going after it, so it can't come after us. Amen? This is the last one. Power. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. I mean, New King James, great. That you may know what is the hope of His calling. We just talked about that. Confident hope. And you may know what are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints. And this is it, right? And what is the exceeding greatness of His power toward you? His power is not just sitting over here in heaven. His power is toward you. His power is for you. Isn't that good news? That you may know the exceeding greatness of His power toward, put your name in there, the I may know the exceeding greatness of the power of God toward Andrew Allen Bennett. You just say it, just say it. I may know the exceeding greatness. And say your name. I say, I might know the exceeding greatness of his power toward you. Toward, toward you who believes according to the mighty power which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in heavenly places. You've got to know you have the power of God with you. The power of God is for you. The devil is a liar and he will make you, he will always try and make you think that you're short on power. He'll always try and disqualify you. You haven't got power. You're not a good enough Christian to have power. Whoa, 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 whoa. Since when was the power of God coming toward me because I, my good works deserved it? Nope. Reject it. He's a liar. He's called the accuser of the brethren. He'll always just stand accusing you. You've got this thing right here. That's why you've got to know what this thing says. You've got to live your life by this thing. I want to just get inside this thing, zip me up, take me home. <laughs> Micah 3.8, you start speaking truth back to that liar. Micah 3.8 says, but truly I am full of power by the Spirit of the Lord. And just make that your subconscious program. Truly I am full of power by the Spirit of the Lord. How do you get ready for, to go to work? How do you get ready to go to church? How do you get ready for your day? Man, tr- just you're going to be thinking about something. Put the transformation codes on in your mind. I am truly, I am full of power by the Spirit of the Lord. Your subconscious won't believe you at first, but... Keep going. Put your full name in there. Whatever it is, some of you guys are like, you know, grew up Catholic. You got like five names. Put all five names in there. <laughs> Put them all in there. Truly, Andrew Allen Bennett is full of power by the Spirit of the Lord. I only believe it because it's in here. But I start to see it. I remember, this is, I'm just wrapping up with this. Uh, I was driving to sound check to our 5 p.m. service in San Diego. And I remember exactly where I was when God spoke to me. He said, I'm going to heal people tonight. I was two exits away. I'm like, whoa, all right, let's go, God. Just a little voice of the Holy Spirit. We didn't shy away from it. I just went, yeah, let's go. Why did I say, yeah, let's go? Because I've rewritten my subconscious program to be like a yes, yes. I'm saying yes to God. So, and, and I felt like he said to me, you're going to build an atmosphere of, of worship. You're going to build the presence of God. 
in the rehearsal, in the sound check. And then it, when, when it feels right, when the atmosphere feels pregnant with a miracle, then you're going to pray for, you can start praying for people on the team just during sound check. We had a, a girl there whose husband, uh, who's in our church as well, he, he was fighting terminal lymphoma. He'd been diagnosed just a few months earlier at a, a tumor the size of a football right next to his heart. So we as a team, we, we gather around her, we pray for her, we pray for this other guy who was a diabetic in our team. And the atmosphere of God was there. We pray before the service, we do the service. We get to like the third song in the service. This song that we're doing right now, open up my heart to you. Open up my heart to you, Lord. Do what only you can, Jesus. Jesus, have your way in me now. We got to that song and it, we're in our 5 p.m. service now, right? We're leading this song. And, I, and I'm like, whoa, I just felt this miracle working, disease healing anointing, just, just like a cloud, just sitting there, just waiting. And so I said it to the church. I'm like, if, you, if you're sick, now is your time. Reach out to heaven, pull down a miracle in Jesus' name. And as I said it, I saw Corey, the guy that had lymphoma, Chelsea's husband, Chelsea's singing like next to me on the stage and I see Corey and, I'm, and I just start directing my faith, directing my faith. It's like he's getting healed right now. That tumor's shrinking. As I'm singing, right, this is what's happening in my, in my mind. It's all working in the spirit. And the meeting was pregnant with miracles. So we get to the end of the, of the worship, the praise and worship set and the atmosphere of God in the place is just electric. It's pregnant. Um, they get up, we get up to the, the book of miracles, they're praying. And then Pastor John Heinrichs is in the meeting, he's on the front row. And he said, he's like, he gets up on stage and he says, there's a, there's a healing, a disease healing anointing on the stage. We hadn't spoken about it beforehand. It was just so obvious. And so he sees Corey there, guy with lymphoma, tumor the size of football. He says, yeah, yeah, come up here, Corey. We all prayed for him. Corey, two, this was October 7th, October 15th. He goes to his, uh, get his CT scan done. Show the pictures, Devin. Brain, cancer, kidneys, bladder, praise God. Next. That's before October 7, August 17th. That's December 20. No cancer, completely healed. Unbelievable. You are not short on power. God does miracles, hey. Saved a life. You know, at some point in our life, we have to decide that the Word of God is the authority in my life. I'm not going to let my circumstances dictate what I can and can't do. I'm not going to let just who I feel like I am be the authority in my life. I'm going to take the Word of God and put it into my subconscious until I believe it. You say, but Andrew, you don't know what I grew up with. You don't know the poverty that I grew up with. 
Listen, this book says that you are blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. Take that and apply it until you believe it. It will change you from the inside out. It'll change you until your outside starts to look different. You say, but Andrew, you don't know the rejection I suffer from. Listen, this book here, it says you are accepted, you are loved, you are chosen, and you've been adopted into His family. What are you going to let be true in your life? Start to speak this word over your life until you actually believe it, until you see what will happen. You won't notice it happen. You'll just wake up one morning and be like, wow, I haven't felt rejected in like three months. And you just realize you're free. It changes you slowly, slowly, slowly. And then suddenly you realize you're free. That's how freedom works. You say, Andrew, you don't know what I've done. I've done some horrible things. I'm a sinner. Hey, join the club. You're not righteous because of what you've done or haven't done. You're righteous because of Jesus' finished work on the cross. You're made blameless and holy and without fault in His eyes. That's what you've got to believe. Andrew, I get so nervous and so intimidated. Well, God hasn't given you a spirit of fear and timidity, but of love, of power, and a sound mind. Anytime you start to feel timid or nervous, speak that Scripture. It's truth. Just pull the sword out. Start doing battle. Andrew, you don't know the prognosis, the medical prognosis, the disease, whatever, the sickness that I'm facing. You are full of power by the Spirit of the Lord. His power is here today. In Christ, the team can come and join me. In Christ, all the promises of God are yes and amen. There is nothing in in God that He is denying you. Psalm 84.11 says, No good thing will He withhold from those who walk uprightly. Oh, I don't know if I walk uprightly all the time. Christ walked uprightly. You're in Christ. Step by faith into that. You will find that your character follows your decision. And take that step of faith. All Everything in you starts to line up. Bolt after bolt after bolt just clicks into place. When you decide you're going to step into Christ by faith. Let's, let's just, just close our eyes as we just, I just want to give us an opportunity to just take stock of our life and go, I want to be in Christ. Christ is the doorway into all that God is, all that God has, everything He wants to give you, everything He wants you to experience in your life. Come through the door today. Just come into Christ today. His arms are wide open. If that's you and you're like, yeah, that's me. Let, me, let me respond to Christ. Just lift your hand right now. No one's looking around and I just want to know who I'm praying for. And you say, yeah, that's me. Andrew, include me in your prayer. Thank you so much. God bless you. I see that hand. Thank you so much. I see that hand. If that's you, yeah, that's it. Just join the others and say, I want to be in Christ. Let me be in Christ. I've got these dragons I need to slay. I can't do it on my own. If that's you, then lift your hand. Just say, let me be part of that. I want to be part of that prayer. We're going to pray a prayer that says, I'm, wanting, I'm going to come into Christ. We're going to pray that prayer that says, God, God, I I, I ask Christ to come into my life. I give my life to Jesus. If that's you, then just lift your hand and we're going to include you in that prayer. In Jesus' name. Yeah, thank you so much. So many hands going up. It's awesome. Thank you, God. There's still time. If that's you, if you're like, oh, that's me. You feel your heart beating right now. There's those two dogs. They're fighting, the white dog and the black dog. Feed the white dog. Just go with it. There's, There's something in us all that says, yeah, that's my Father. I, I need to respond. I, I got to step into Christ. I need to give my life to Christ. If that's you, then just go ahead and just say, yeah, that's me. Include me. Lift your hand and say, include me in that prayer. Thank you, God. 
Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you're so good. You're so good. You're so good. We're so grateful. I just want to give the opportunity for all these. We had maybe, I don't know, 10 hands or so go up. We're all just going to, I want to get to pray with every single one of you, but you're kind of all over the room, which is beautiful. We're going to just have a little moment right here where you can come down and we're going to pray for, for every single person that lifts your hand and, and pray that prayer that, that, that brings you into Christ. So church, as we all stand to our feet right now, let's all stand and put our hands together as these, as these beautiful people just come down and meet us down here. That's awesome. Yeah, go ahead. Just come down. You can, you can yeah, come down. We, you, just, you can come with a friend. You can come with a friend and we'll, uh, we'll just pray with you. Beautiful. We'll pray with you. If that's you, you know, don't hold back. This is that line. This is that line where you, like, don't be, don't be timid. Don't be afraid. Don't be scared. Just step over the line and say, yeah, yeah, I'm coming down. I'm going to, pardon me, I want to step into Christ. There's still, there's still time. Go ahead and just make the decision and come and join us down here. Come on, put your hands together as these guys come. Awesome. Beautiful. Thank you, God. This is incredible. There's still some beautiful people coming down. Amen. Thank you, God. So good. Such an incredible decision. So brave. Awesome. Great. We're just gonna we're gonna we're gonna pray. We're gonna all pray this prayer together. And um, you know, you can just you can bring it down, guys. If if you lifted your hand and you're still standing where you are, that's okay. Jesus is there where you are right now too. You still just step into Christ by faith where you are. Amen. Let's just reach our hands out to these beautiful people down here. Awesome. So proud of all you guys down the front. It's incredible. Great step, great decision. You'll never regret it. Never heard anyone say, man, I just so regret giving my life to Christ. Been in church all my life, never heard it. Just heard people that are so grateful. So, God, I, I, I just thank you, Father, that you're here with us right now. Lord, that your spirit is working. Your spirit is doing so many great things. So we're just going to pray this prayer together. I'm just going to say just a short phrase, and you can just repeat it so that it's your prayer as well. Don't worry, I'm not going to get you to say, I give my house, I give my boat, I give my... Nothing like that. <laughs> just a simple prayer that says, that acknowledges Jesus as, as our Lord and Savior, and says, Jesus, I want you to come into my life. So, uh, so let's pray this prayer together. Say, Dear God, I come to you today in faith. I want to step into Christ. And I want Christ to step into my life. Today I cross that line of faith. And Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me. Thank you for taking the punishment for my sin. Thank you for cleansing me and washing me. I give you my life. Make it something greater than I could make it. I thank you that God is my Father, that I am forgiven, that in Christ I'm a new person, and heaven is my home, and I'll be with God for all eternity. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God a hand. So awesome.
Who's coming down? Both you guys? Amazing. Oh, so good. Congratulations. Amazing, huh? So great. Just reach your hands out to these beautiful people. We're just going to pray pray for them together. Amen. Thank you, God. Yeah, just you guys can just uh, you can just put your hands out in front of you if you like. You know, just prepare yourself to receive something from God right now. God, I thank you. Lord, thank you that you're with them. God, there's beautiful, beautiful tears. God, it's just a, one of those things that's just the sign of God doing something. God, we thank you that you're doing so much here. God, I pray that, that your presence would go with every single person. In Jesus' name, God, I thank you that in Christ, that in you, they have everything that they need. God, that you're working, you're doing so much more behind their back than they even realize. And you've got such a great future for every single one of them. We praise you and we thank you, God, for everything you're going to do in their life. In the name of Jesus, amen. Guys, we have some of the best people in our church just standing behind you. And they would love to just have the opportunity just to pray with you super quick. Uh, and give you a little gift. We've got a little, um, just a book. That, it's a, we'll give you a Bible. You may already have one. That's okay. Just give it to a friend if you already have one. Um, and a book that a friend of mine wrote called Following Jesus. Awesome book. It's just going to help you follow Christ. So, uh, yeah, why don't we put our hands together as, as these beautiful people go with our team. Great stuff. Thanks, guys. Amazing. Absolutely incredible. Come on, one more time. Put your hands together. Let's encourage these guys. Great stuff. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Just lift your hands. God, I thank you, Lord, that in Christ, Lord, we have absolutely everything that we need. God, that in Christ we are blessed with every spiritual blessing. God, that there is nothing, no good thing that you will ever hold back. God, whatever it is that we need. See, we're not going to do an altar call here because... That's the whole point of the message. You actually have the Word of God that you can read and apply to your life. You, are, you have access to everything that God has in Christ. In Jesus' name, God, let your blessing and your power, your life and your love go with every single person here today. In Jesus' name. Come on, give God some praise today in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our pastors, team, and what we do at C3 Salt Lake City, go to c3saltlakecity.com.